Welcome back to another podcast of Growing Retire Ready Clients. I'm excited to have with me today Don St. Clair. Don St. Clair is with St. Clair Financial. Welcome. Great to have you. It's great to be here, Ed. So tell the audience a little bit about what you do and where you're situated. Yeah, so I'm one of those advisors that's been doing this since college, of all things. I wasn't a career changer. And I'm located in Northern California, been doing some version of, I'll call it practicing financial planning since, what, 1991. Originally, that was in the 403B world. I got uh, started with a 403B shop. And about 10 years into that, I sort of opened up my my arms wide to everybody and said, I want to be all things financial, all people. And that was probably a big mistake. I didn't have much of an appreciation for the niche that I had just left until I found out how difficult it was to work across boundaries. Fortunately, clients really didn't, or prospects didn't buy that story. And and I ended up with a niche anyways. Turns out that an awful lot of sort of small business owners, I'll even call them micro business owners, self-employed professionals primarily made their way to us probably because that was what I was from day one out of school. I was a self-employed professional and I just knew that world. But I really enjoyed my time in the 403B market and it really candidly informs everything that I do today. So let's talk a little bit about that 403B world. You said it informs you. What did you learn in the first 10 years, it sounded like, that you're in business about financial planning? Well, let's see. When I started, what, in 1991, there, there really wasn't in the 403B world, there really wasn't a concept of rollovers. I mean, it wasn't like we were looking for people with half a million dollars to invest. We were looking to get people to go from saving two, three, four hundred dollars a month to figure out how to help them save seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month. The, the maximum you could put in a 403B account at that time was $9,500. 401ks were $7,500. It wasn't until years later that they started marching up together. But that was the focus. It was a lot of resource planning, so it was a fair amount of looking at the client's liability the side of their balance sheet. What could we clean up there? Was there anything that we could pay off? Could we use some savings to pay some debt off and free up some funds? Could we use some savings to fund their 403B to turn after-tax dollars into pre-tax dollars? So I started seeing the world through those eyes, and what I mean by that is seeing the world through sort of the view of a paycheck. And I just thought that's the way that all financial planners did it until I got out of the world of 403B and found out that no financial planners that I ran into really paid much attention to the whole of the client's paycheck. Mostly, they picked up the story at the net paycheck. And it wasn't that I was a genius or anything. It was just where I was trained. And that seemed odd to me. And so it's not like my self-employed professional clients have paychecks, but I think through their finances as if they do. And that's quite helpful when we get them to that transition to retirement, where we're really building a paycheck from various sources. So that's a very different approach to retirement planning to think of their paycheck. What advantages does it have? Let's talk about two different worlds there to the pre-retirement client. Why talk to them about their paycheck stuff versus let's move them forward towards retirement? Well, I mean, to be fair, to say not only talk to them about their paycheck stubs or that we don't just talk to them about their paycheck stubs, but their paycheck stubs, I think that too often we, in financial planning at large, we take for granted that their paycheck is sort of fixed, right? That it, it's not something that, how do I say it? We spend a lot of time planning around. And I think the biggest advantage is to see the cash flow from beginning to end. And, you know, there's this notion, it's a rule of thumb for sure, but you need to replace 70% of your pre-retirement income 
80% of your pre-retirement income. That's really, a, it deserves more attention than just some rule of thumb number. But when you really get into it, you find out that I don't know, here I am in California. Let's take two teachers making $75,000 a year. That's $150,000. Now, you might think at first glance that those two teachers need to replace tomorrow's equivalent, right? Inflation adjusted for replace $150,000. But they don't even come close to spending $150,000. STRS takes 10% of their income. So at best, we're replacing one hundred thirty-five. dollars And if they're saving another, call it, what, $20,000, between two 403B accounts, what are we down to? Now we only have to replace $115,000. And I just don't think that, in fact, I can, I can assure you that there's not financial planning software out there. We're big fans and we use Money Guide Pro and have for years. But Money Guide Pro isn't, there's nothing baked in there that says the more you save, the less you have to save for. And that, quite frankly, is what happens when you start paying attention to paycheck planning. You find out if you're if you're able to get people to save more money, they don't have to acquire as large a nest egg. So we're attacking the retirement income gap sort of from two angles. One is the obvious one. The more you save, the, the bigger your nest egg and the more you're going to have to, to draw on in retirement. The second one's not so obvious. The more you save, the less you actually have to save for. I think there's another aspect of, of working with a client's paycheck that I think I would like you to you pull apart as you've seen it. I think it's an easy place for somebody to engage retirement with. Rather than the abstract world of retirement, is very concrete. I understand my paycheck today and my financial planning. You're gonna start with something that I get rather than something I don't get and try to move me forward. Have you seen that in working with a client's paycheck? Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, I can tell you that, again, we are big users of Money Guide Pro, but nobody lives in their Money Guide Pro report. It's not like they live in their paycheck either, but they live an awful lot closer to their paycheck than they do some Monte Carlo analysis out of Money Guide Pro. But they understand their paycheck. They understand they have some gross pay, that something comes out of that. And, and at the end of the day, they get a net pay. Oftentimes, they can't even tell you what that number is, but they know they live on that. And so if you can show them, relative to what they're doing right now, what they're going to have when they pull the plug, when they cut back, when they stop working, that has always been a much better model, I suppose, is the way to call it for me. I mean, it's the way that I get my mind around it. And yes, I find that clients can get their arms around it as well. I'm glad you brought it up because it's one of those things I often forget, right? It's just, it's like the water we swim in without even noticing it. And I'm not sure I'd want to be in the business if I had to not have the paycheck as a home base to be able to demonstrate to people this is where you are and this is where you're going to be. And can you see you're going to have every bit as much money as you had before after this transition? So you also use the paycheck stub and it's something we brought recently to our software, but you use the paycheck stub in retirement too, or a virtual paycheck stub. You're talking to them about take-home pay, which is a little different than I see most advisors doing. How did you get into doing that? You know, I think again, this sort of stems from my years in the 403B world where, now this is a while back, but it was certainly a time when RMDs started at 70 and a half. And of course, you know, an awful lot of educators want to get out. The sooner they'll tell me, the sooner the better. But it's generally long before 70 and a half. And, and I noticed early on that if I could put people in a position to be in the position where they, they could replace 100% of their net paycheck with 
their CalSTRS, their California State Teachers Retirement System benefits, then I could keep their hands off of their 403B savings, their IRA savings. The longer I could keep their hands off of it, the better off they were in, in retirement. And so I always sort of oriented around how do I move people towards that place where when they transition from working to retirement, that their net paycheck looks virtually the same as what their net paycheck looked like before they retired. And again, it puts people in, in a great position because their retirement system isn't going to keep pace with inflation, particularly CalSTRS, which has a cost of living adjustment of, of 2% simple interest. So eventually, inflation's going to run away from them. They're going to need to fill in that gap as, uh, how do I say it to clients? The, the longer we go, the more your the harder your assets are going to have to work. But let's take the pressure off early on. And so seeing the whole, their cash flow from a paycheck perspective is not not only the the thing that resonates with clients, but it's the thing that helps me make sense out of their retirement. Yeah, the CalSTRS COLA is capped at 2% simple, but there's also an 85% loss, well, 15% loss. It's going to maintain 85% of its buying power, which we include in our software. It's part of the calculation. So if you're running a pension calculation, that's pretty critical, especially as you are working with clients that you anticipate living longer. Yeah. Part of our commitment to the pension plan. So working with a client and a paycheck, have you have you worked with teachers and or in your world today, working with small 401k plans, what's the reaction when you pull out a paycheck calculator and you run a paycheck illustration for them today? How are, how are you seeing them respond? Yeah, maybe this is unique to our process. Maybe it's not. I mentioned earlier that my previous employer, we spent a fair amount of time evaluating the liability side of the balance sheet. And I really got kind of hooked on that and learned an awful lot and designed an awful lot of strategies and tactics around debt consolidation. And, and then 2008 hit and I found out I couldn't consolidate anything I ever wanted to and had to come up with new strategies. And, and we developed these tools around that. But the, the point is we, we spent a fair amount of time planning and restructuring some of the expenses that happen after the, the take-home pay. Those expenses, by and large, happen on a monthly basis. And so putting everything into a monthly basis, whether that is because you've got a W-2 employee who's paid 26 times a year, or 52 times a year, or twice a month, or because you've got a self-employed person who takes a draw sort of whenever they, they need the money, but does have quarterly taxes, the, the quarterly tax payments that they make, but then they make their mortgage payment on a monthly basis. I mean, this is this is very difficult to to sort of evaluate and keep track of for anybody. I pay this bill on a monthly basis. I pay my taxes on a quarterly basis. I I take a draw whenever I need a little bit more money. So finding a baseline, and we find that putting it into a monthly basis is the most logical and coherent and resonates the best with clients. And then stacking it up side by side has been helpful. Now it's not like I and creating a paycheck. It's not like I'm having necessarily the self-employed person pay themselves a paycheck, although S-Corp, of course, they would, but they'd also still have that, that draw ability. But we're bringing their cash flows into a monthly basis, which would include the tax payments, one-third of those estimated tax payments. That is the, if, if you've got something better, uh, I'm all ears, but that's the, the thing that I've found that most resonates with people is to begin to see their financial planning on a month-to-month cash flow basis from beginning to end. And then I can go in and do all the magic that we do as financial planners and the magic that you that your product allows for 
paycheck so that I can stack it up by side by side and, and demonstrate to the client that they're going to be okay. Because I don't know about you, but you know, as a, whatever I was, 25, 30 year old, when I was demonstrating to people that they could afford to not just save two, three, $400 a month in their 403B, but save eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars or more in their, in their 403B or, or 401k, 403Bs combined. I really needed to be able to demonstrate that to them because that was a big leap for them, right? That's so hard. And how am I going to do this? If you just came to somebody and said, what you need to do, Mr. Client, in order to put yourself on track for retirement is go from saving a few hundred dollars a month to saving a couple thousand dollars a month. You just lost a client. I mean, there's not one of us that are going to convince somebody of that. We, we need to be able to demonstrate where they're going to get the money to do their retirement savings. One of my frustrations with, and I'll call it a frustration, but it's also what I think is missing from financial planning. We jump from all these great investments. We've got literally Nobel Prize award ways of allocating investment assets. And then we jump from there to, but if you need to save more, you need to tighten your belt. You need to, you know, you need to save more. You need to spend less. And I don't think that, I just don't think you're going to get people to go from where they are to where they need to be by telling them that they need to tighten their belt any more than you're going to get America to diet their way to, to health and, and fitness. You need to be able to demonstrate where they're going to get the money. What does a conversation look like that you've had with a client recently where you said you need to save more? How do you, what's the interaction? Well, I, you, candidly, I hate that idea, right? If, if my career came down to telling people they needed to tighten their belt in order to save more for retirement, starve now so you don't have to starve in retirement. I just, Ed, I just want to put a gun to my head and say, no, no thanks, right? That's not financial planning to me. Financial planning to me is demonstrating to somebody and, and teaching them how to save more, have more, and spend more, have more life without spending less. And you can't do that without doing some work in the paycheck. You're just not going to get there. I'm not saying that the paycheck's the only thing, but it's missing. I just hope we quit telling people that they need to save more and spend less and start teaching people how to, how to save more, do more, have more without spending less. So after you sit down with a client, work through their paycheck stub, then you move on to the investing side. In some ways, it's sort of reverse, right? That the way that I think through this is I know going in, I'm going to want to maximize pre-tax investment to their limit or to the, the place where they're no longer paying taxes in, in a higher bracket. So keep them in a 10 or 12% bracket. If they've got room in their 403B, I'm not going to keep having them save in their 403B. I'm probably going to have them start saving money in, in a Roth at, at that point, right? But I kind of have this aim. And it's developed by having a feel to begin with, I suppose, right? You meet somebody, you just, you've got an idea whether they're on track or not. You don't need to run a big Monte Carlo analysis to find out whether they're on track. You might very well know within five minutes, these people need to save more money. Okay. So one of the great things in your software is that, what do you call it? The quick, quick max? Yeah. So you, you're plugging in their paycheck. You, you take another paycheck and you hit quick max and it, and it just calculates the maximum that they can put in per, per pay period, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to result in a reduction in their take-home pay. Now, I'm not going to present that, right, initially. I'm not going to present, oh, hey, can you live with $400 a month less? Can you live with $600 a month less? I'm going to look somewhere else to see if I can make up that gap before I come to. So that's where I'm going to start looking at the after paycheck cash flow 
starting with the liability side of their balance sheet. Now, you know, in some ways, it's still liability side of the balance sheet. The paycheck is talking about the tax side, the tax liabilities, right? That's what's going on in the paycheck. And when we get to the after the paycheck, now we're into, can we do something about restructuring their debt? An awful lot of times, that sort of classic example around here is we'll have somebody walk in with 400, 450, 500, maybe $600,000 in a mortgage. They're paying maybe $2,500 that seem about right, $2,500 of principal and interest on that debt. And then you look beyond the mortgage and they've got a, a car loan, maybe two car loans, maybe a little bit of credit card debt. They've got some student loans or their kids' college is costing them this, or they've got some daycare expense. And when you tally up the debt behind that, it's only seventy dollars or $80,000, but they're still spending $2,500 a month on all that stuff. Well, I guarantee that a payment of $5,000 for what did I come up with? $470,000, $500,000 will pay off that mortgage debt an awful lot faster. And actually a payment of $3,500 will still pay off that mortgage debt an awful lot faster and still free up $1,500 that can help us make the paycheck work that we need. So there's where you're finding the money. Yes. That, that is what we're doing to find, to close that paycheck gap. So first step would be to create the paycheck gap. The second step would be let's figure out how we close that paycheck gap so that you're still living on the same amount of money that you were living on before, but you're saving and investing more money. We've had a long history of the paycheck calculator being one of our principal tools. We came out of the 403B site. If you were running back in the earlier years, we we were very committed all the way back to the DOS days. We had a paycheck calculator and we continue to, and it continues to be one of our primary calculators, both in the 403B world and 401k, it's interesting to hear you talking about it with general retail clients, which is a little bit different than I normally hear. It's kind of fun. And we've also made some additional features implemented towards the paycheck integrated with retirement planning calculator. You'll start seeing those where we've got it in our desktop tool. You'll see it on our online tool shortly. So I appreciate your comments. Any other comments in wrapping up today? I think your tool is a wonderful tool. You were mentioning that you go back to the DOS days. I remember doing this work on a yellow pad at a calculator. At least I had a calculator, I suppose, right? And was looking up the the withholding tables in the old IRS pamphlets to figure out what withholding would be. So you can imagine when I stumbled upon your tool, I was just like, oh, thank goodness. I mean, somebody somebody did all this work for me and a heck of a lot better for my accuracy, right? I'm not transposing numbers and adding numbers together poorly. All that's done in Retire Ready. So I very much appreciate having the tool available. And I appreciate your your kind words, and I appreciate you taking your time today. Thank you for sharing a little bit about what you do, a little bit different than most people with a paycheck calculator. But I believe, and I've seen it, not only your stories, but hundreds of other advisors having a lot of success engaging clients towards retirement success. Thank you, Don. I wish you the best. I appreciate you taking your time today. Thank you for having me. 